2: Rachel Zoe here and we're going back to the Rachel Zoe project for a very special takeover on my podcast, Climbing in Heels. Come with me as I take you back to season one to give you all the behind the scenes details and drama. I'll be joined by some special guests that will be helping me share the real stories behind the most iconic moments in the show. So do not miss this special takeover of Climbing in Heels. It's going to be bananas. Listen to Climbing in Heels with Rachel Zoe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts.
3: You're listening to The Art of the Hustle, the show that breaks down how the world's most fascinating people have hustled their way to the top. I'm your host, Jeff Rosenthal, co-founder of Summit, owner of Powder Mountain Ski Resort in Utah. And today's episode, I'm honored to sit with one of the most esteemed innovators of our generation, one of our real leaders, Peter Diamandis. Peter is a digital business and science luminary. He has started over 20 companies, co-founded a number of educational institutions and venture funds. He's the founder of the XPRIZE Foundation, as well as Cellularity. He is a twice New York Times bestselling author and has a new book, The Future is Faster Than You Think. Please welcome to the program, Peter Diamandis. Peter, welcome. Thank you. A pleasure, pal. We've been you know, friends, truly. You've been a friend to me and my partners and, and a mentor and a, a real thought leader for us um, for about 11 years now. I think when we were 24, 25, we started Summit. And right around that time, we got exposed to you and your work um, with with abundance, with XPRIZE, with um, just your... your you know. It's it's really amazing. I'm it's really been a beautiful, beautiful journey for me to watch
4: you and your compatriots in the incredible things that you built. I mean, I'm so I'm proud. I'm super proud. And now you're an old man. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Thank but you. honestly,
3: it's uh it's an amazing time to be alive. Um well and and you in fact reinforce that in a lot of us. And I think we could start there. Why is it a really incredible time to be alive? I think it's an incredible time to be alive because we're so
4: empowered. Uh, Each and every one of us who care about the world, care about solving problems, care about creating the future we want, um, people forget how powerful we are. You know, we each have access to more knowledge, more computational power, more capital, uh, more experts than the kings and queens had, than the heads of countries had. And, you know, I talk about this a lot, Mm -hmm. uh, given the, the summit community and all, is that we're now living in a world where you can stop complaining about problems and start solving problems. You know, a couple hundred years ago, the best that you could do if you had a problem you wanted to solve is you could, you know, go to the king and the queen or the sovereign and and, and the best they could do was deploy their troops or change monetary policy. And today, if you truly want to solve a problem, you can. You can reach out and, and connect with the world's experts. You can create crowdsourcing campaigns for capital or technology, you can crowdsource science. You, I mean, if your life depends on it, and a lot of times people don't come to a problem with that level of, of energy and, and, and zest and vengeance and whatever it is, You can go and solve the problem. I mean, individuals can now make a difference where only nation states could. Mm -hmm. And that's an amazing time to be alive.
3: Yeah. And in many of these areas where you you focus much of your time and energy in healthcare, in biosciences, in space exploration, it is private individuals and private industry that are having government size impact. And I've heard you say that you actually believe that, you know, it will be that the, the, those industries that ended up breaking these things like curing cancer or yeah. you know, making us an interplanetary species.
4: I, I I put more um more belief in in entrepreneurship and entrepreneurs than I do in governments. And I think that is panning out the most exciting I mean governments have a role. They have a a role in creating regulatory structure and uh funding basic R and D um but bluntly, a lot of the most exciting work in the world is coming out of uh, companies funded by billionaires with a vision, right? It's the Google founders are super passionate about life sciences and create Verily or Kate Calico, you know, Jeff mm-hmm. Bezos and, and Elon Musk, super power, you know, excited about space and creating, you know, Blue Origin and SpaceX and the the progress made by these individual companies, which are willing to take risks mm-hmm. that no other... Large government agencies would take at least anymore um, is where you know the, the day before something is truly a breakthrough it's a crazy idea yeah uh, and you hear me saying that a lot and the challenge is that where do you try crazy ideas Governments who try crazy ideas uh, uh, have a lot of you know congressional investigations that follow right you can't you can't try something big and bold and fail publicly yeah uh, and without failure there
3: is no there is
4: no, you know, True, you know, true tremendous breakthroughs,
3: and I want to drop it down to where you know you began and where we can begin on that curve because you often say like you know, and, and I and then I often repeat and claim those you know ideas and wisdom as, as my own in conversation. As I, um, as but, I give you permission but, to do, thank you, I appreciate that. I felt it, I felt the permission, but uh, you know, the idea that we are, you know, we, we stand on the shoulders of everything that came before us. The fact that we're we didn't, you know, we're not at war to the point where there's a draft, and that's where we're medicating our yeah. time. That that you know. Uh, there's such things as, you know, like the cloud and, and, and Google searches and, you know, uh, telemedicine and, you know, just just the, the ease of us to, to move forward comparatively to those that were alive 50 years prior is 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 exponential, exponential thinking in general for you. Um, how, how did you how did you open that up? How, what, is that something that you think that you you were An exponential, and expansive (laughs) thinker as like a kid? As an infinite? Or or have you you put some thought into how like people take the first steps along that journey? So I
4: think it's important for me to understand how people take the first steps because it's something I want to help them do and promote at scale. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a result of my environment and I was born in the 60s and Apollo and Star Trek were the one-two punch Mm -hmm. that just knocked me, you know, for a loop. Apollo showed me where the world was, what was possible. We were, we had humans on the friggin' moon, right, over yeah. and over and over again. Holy cow, that's incredible! And then Star Trek showed me where the world was going. This this incredible vision that Gene Roddenberry, what a visionary in terms of what he foresaw. Mm. Um, and this and that showed me where the humanity was going. I like to joke and say, you know, you know Star Trek was a scientific documentary about the future. Um, and I became enamored and space uh, caught my, my passion. And I think every single person listening, every, every entrepreneur out there, everyone who wants to make a difference in the world, one of the most important things is, do you know what your massively transformative purpose is? Do you know that thing that wakes you up in the morning and keeps you going in the middle of the night and when you fail, had to get off the ground and keep going because it is who you are. It is so important to your passion and your drive that failure is simply a learning lesson and you're gonna get up and do it again. Because you love it. Because you love it so much, because it's who you are. And and by the way, so I, I teach this. I teach this in my Abundance Digital programs, and my Abundance 360, I talk about it in my books. And very important people to know, to to get the sense that, um, first of all, uh, there's nothing wrong. You don't have to get it right. It's something what feels right. And you can experiment with an MTP, a massively transformative purpose, uh, and change it a month later, and I have had a number of them over my lifetime. Uh, as you evolve, uh, my first one was about making humanity multiplanetary species, about opening the space frontier for humanity. Very clearly that, and then from there it evolved to um, the the concept of uh, of grand challenges, and that's where X Prize and SU came out of, and then uh, longevity. And my, I, if you ask me, what's your purpose today? Uh, you know. To put it into the context of uh, the way I just came back from date with destiny with Tony Robbins uh, Who's a dear friend and um, and partner uh, You know, I would say I see hear, feel and know that the purpose of my life is to inspire and guide a hopeful and abundant Future for humanity. So I am on the road in my books and my speeches and my entrepreneurship to help people have hope for the future and see that it's not a scarcity model it's not if you have i don't have we're creating abundance where we can all have over and over again
3: so the the biggest problems are the biggest business opportunities and you know we're, my our, one of our mottos at summit is make no small plans you yeah. know
4: the, the, you want to become a billionaire help a billion people and yeah, yeah the world's biggest problem is the world's biggest business opportunities yeah. and so entrepreneurs who go and attack a global challenge should create tremendous wealth Mm-hmm. and in the process also uplift humanity right we're uplifting the rising billions
3: totally and my and, and my question to that is is you know how do we how do we learn how to learn how do we how do we improve ourselves how do we self invest how did you you know personally yeah. explore into these different spaces i know that whenever you have your transformational pur- or transformative purpose yeah. what was the term you yeah, used back uh, 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 ma- massively transformative purpose yeah. mtp yeah mtp how do you, how do you, what is your learning process? How do you, and, and how does it apply to the rest of us? Great, great question.
4: And I think this is true if you're a, a kid or the CEO of a billion dollar company. Um, when you're clear about your MTP, mm-hmm. when you're clear about your purpose in life, you learn very differently than if you don't. So it's self-motivated thinking. So I think one of the most important things is to become in touch, body, heart, soul, spirit, you know, with that purpose. And then um, what happens when you're clear about your MTP and you share it publicly, when you share it with individuals, when, by the way, it's not just you, your family can have an MTP, your company can have an MTP, your organization can have an MTP, your nation can have an MTP, right? When America was founded, it had a massively transformative purpose. Oh yeah. Right. And so when, when your MTP is known, people will naturally bring to you ideas and introductions and concepts that align with your MTP. It helps you sort, do I spend time doing this or doing that? Like, you know, my spending time with you, Jeff, and on on this podcast is you are the community and communities you've built are exactly aligned with who I am in my MTP, right? I want Thank to you. inspire and guide everyone listening to know that you can make a massive difference in the world. You're now more empowered than ever before. Stop complaining about problems and start solving problems.
3: There's something so exceptional and so um, within reach in the way that, and and I I can say that because I I ended up living it, you know, as an example, um, you know, you you were an example, as were a few others in, in this ability to be. Um, an entrepreneur in all of these different fields and go very, very deep in all of these different disciplines that seem overwhelming in one. Like, how am I going to learn enough in biosciences as not a bioscientist to have any impact on this field? How am I going to move into space mining or space exploration if I don't have the it's prerequisite? All, it's
4: driven by passion and yeah. two perfect examples on those two subjects. So yeah. you and I both know Martine Rothblatt. Yes, Amazing woman, right? Martine, who was a an a communications lawyer, right? Uh, and I won't go in, into too much detail, but basically has no science or biology background. Her daughter, Genesis, comes down with a fatal disease, pulmonary fibrosis. She quits her jobs, takes her capital, starts with a high school textbook, mm. right? And and literally goes from there, goes to the research labs, looks for a reference, goes and then goes back to the high school textbook to understand what those words mean, and Mm -hmm. then goes and ultimately finds a treatment for her daughter and builds a $4 billion pharmaceutical company based on that, right? United, uh, United Therapeutics. And a perfect example, Elon Musk, when he comes to, when he sells PayPal to eBay and becomes enamored with space, has no background in space, has no background in rocket science, but starts with the textbooks and it's driven by passion. In one case, Martine wanting to save her daughter's life. I mean, there's no more drive and passion than that. In the second case, uh, Elon saying, "We, if we don't open up the space frontier, humanity doesn't have a future and is driven by that, right? Level of intelligence. And if you don't have the skill set or the intelligence, that's fine. Partner with people that do. And ultimately, that's the world that we're living in because the knowledge is there it used to be where you were born and who what family you were born into decided what what you had. It doesn't anymore. We're entering a world where every single square meter on the planet is connected by gigabit connection speeds. And Google and Baidu gives you actually the world's information. And you can tap into an expert. I love this number. By 2025, there will be 300 billion dollars in crowdfunding available, which means the money is there from the crowd to the crowd. It doesn't matter where you were born, where you live. If you have a great idea, you can attract the capital. It's a meritocracy. And so, I mean,
3: boom, I mean, what amazing time are we alive in? Do you see that and who's solving for these X prizes and who's bringing forward these ideas?
4: We are seeing, so yeah, we're seeing global teams around the world more and more. And I think part of what we wanna do is is give people, a lot of people self limit and say, oh, I could never do that, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that
3: is the wrong approach. I think people need to give themselves permission to dream big. Man, that's a drop the mic finish. Um, I think that, you know, with XPRIZE, it to you now, you live it every day. And so it's like a foregone conclusion. But to come to the, to the idea that a prize-based model, you know, um, to hit these targets, to, to motivate humanity through incentive and to combine, you know, um, the idea of impact with business, um, way before it was hip, you yeah. know, and it was uh, it was a thing to do because it was a th- this is as you said this was your this was your transformative purpose. Yeah. Um. It would be really helpful just for all of the listeners to now understand, just like because I mean you know we can talk about cellularity and we will absolutely be talking about your new book, but um as we were sitting here in the X Prize offices. Give us, give us a bit of the plethora of projects that are being built and sure. being funded right now and how many different areas these touched of our lives.
4: Yeah, super excited uh, and proud. Uh, the first prize was on space flight. It was modeled after uh, the prize that Charles Lindbergh went after across the Atlantic. Most people don't know Lindbergh crossed in 1927 to win a $25,000 prize. My first prize was called the Ansari X Prize. It was a $10 million prize put up by a family called the Ansari family, Anusha. Ansari is now the CEO of XPRIZE, and I serve as executive chairman. So proud, like half of our leadership, or more than half, is, are women. Mm-hmm. Our top leaders are all women at the organization, and we have, you know, majority of organization are women, and that gives me, this is the century of women coming for sure. The, uh, uh, the second uh, part is we've, after the first prize was won, we ended up uh, saying, well, this kind of worked, we should do more. And we've launched about $200 million in prizes, another $200 million in development across the board. A lot of the prizes are in the environment right now. Uh, we have a, a carbon, we did an, a carbon X prize for pulling CO2 out of the smokestacks of natural gas and coal plants. Uh, that was a $15 million prize. We're in the midst right now of capitalizing a $100 million prize for a CO2 extraction at scale. Uh, we have a prize that I am so desperate to get fully funded. It's about half funded right now for... Uh, restoring the coral reefs, right? So can you reinvent how we replenish coral reefs? It might be biological, it might be robotic. We don't prejudge the technology, but you have to actually demonstrate and show it being done.
3: Let's work on that one together. Uh, I love the Coral Vita guys and uh, some of the technology that's that space, yeah. regrowing coral at 50 times the speed of nature, like it's Yeah, I mean, can
4: we, can we regrow it 10 times faster and we're losing it, right, yeah. is, the, is the vision. Um, one of the prizes, you know, you were one of our rock stars at Visioneering this year, uh, that uh, I'm super excited about is our, our Trillion Trees X Prize. Um, you know, it turns out we have three trillion trees on planet Earth. If we could plant another trillion, we could bring the CO2 levels back to pre-industrial age levels. Incredible, pretty, pretty incredible, right? So, how do we? Uh, this prize might have two parts. One, how do we how do we plant trees? You know, a thousand times faster than we currently do, and mm. How do we engineer the trees to pull and gr- pull more CO two out and grow faster? Right, mangroves will pull out much more than than pine trees. So, yeah. how do we do that where we really can titrate the CO two levels in the atmosphere? Uh, other ones we're working on. One of my one of the ones I get a I get a burr under my saddle in these mm-hmm. prizes. Like I like you know, I would not use my normal language on this, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, you can not you want. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How do we fucking stop wildfires <laughs> from happening in, in LA and California yes. and all kinds of? It's like this idea that we are like just this, like, oh, another wildfire is, is killing people and burned down houses and, and hundreds of billions of dollars of damage per year. It's like this is bullshit. It's like mm-hmm. it's time for us to reinvent how we. Okay. Now I'm going to start letting out for a yeah, yeah, yeah. buzz. But, yeah. you know, and so there's an X Prize we've designed that I'm super excited about getting capitalized. And it's it is possible. I'm clear about this that we could create the teams could create the technology to detect a fire at the moment of inception right find it and and here are the rules if it's bigger than two meters in diameter or it's moving put it out right if it's a campfire leave it alone but if it's bigger than that and so the rules would be create the technology to monitor in this case a a 10 by 10 mile or 250 square two hundred fifty thousand square acre region uh, monitor it and if you see a fire bigger than this or moving put it out in 10 minutes right so that you literally I want to switch it from like fire insurance paying you after you're devastated yeah to fire insurance preventing the fire from coming into existence in the first like place
3: like I could buy my drone fire department insurance uh, yeah. and and know that that's and, and do so you think that that would, that would be the end game? Is it would be underwritable by insurance? Yeah, I think that yeah.
4: you would end up, um, insurance would, would more than pay for this, right? Mm-hmm. So you install the system uh, and it's like putting sprinklers in your house, Sure. right? That when they detect any kind of a fire, they put it out before it destroys your house. Yeah.
3: No, right? I love that because the outcomes research is just brilliant. It's like yeah. there's an economic very- incentive to do this and then support this once... And 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 you're now now how many years has it been with Xprize? So Xprize
4: is now uh 25 years old. It started in my basement in 1994. Yeah. Um and uh, it's been a 25-year journey. Two it other started prizes. Started
3: in your basement in 1994? Like were you just by choice working in the basement? I was
4: you... I was reading uh, a book given to me by a dear friend called the Spirit of St. Louis Lindbergh story. Mhm. And um, he gave it to me because I was trying to finish my pilot's license, and I was in, I was in school, and all these things. And I ended up, um, I read the book. It inspired me to finish my license, but also it's like, shit, this is how I can do it. I can start Prize for Spaceflight because I, wow, I had started um, Zero G as a as a parabolic flight company mm-hmm. and Space Adventures, and X Prize seemed like a natural, um, and. Anyway, so we have two other prizes that are super cool. One is a um, a rainforest X prize, mm-hmm. and it's we're devastating our rainforests right now because we value the land for the potential to growing crops there, um, or for the lumber that we cut down, and of course, it's far more valuable by the biodiversity in those rainforests, but there's no way to measure it. And you don't value what you can't measure
3: mm-hmm.
4: fundamentally. yeah, You just don't value what you can't measure and you can't improve what you can't measure, right? Mm-hmm. Two fundamental precepts that any entrepreneur should really understand. So um, this is uh, a prize that's funded out of a billionaire family out of Brazil, uh, one of our innovation board members. And they the rules are teams have to be able to fully assess the biodiversity in an acre of of land in 24 hours or less, where you understand the species of plants and insects and animals and biotica and so forth, uh, so that you can really be clear and value that that acre based
3: on a completely different set
4: of parameters than just raw land.
3: Yeah. some Some attempts that have been made to say like, okay, well, in this in this jungle in the Amazon, we're going to find you know the future future cure for Alzheimer's. But are there have there been examples in in your experience yet that have like you know? Um, I think
4: there have been you know countless molecules that have come out of out of uh, the rainforest, um, but uh, I think trying to pick one example is is a wrong way to look at it. It's a retrospective way versus. Um, you know, the ability for us to preserve the vast species on the biodiversity side. I mean, one of the things that I think we, as a species, need to do is back up the biosphere, which means mm. we we literally record uh, uh, the DNA sequence of all life forms on the planet and all of this bird song and all of the spoken languages and all of the cultural Elements, you know to to back up our biosphere and it's a it's a beautiful notion another X Prize is coming out of Abu Dhabi the Abu Dhabi government um, uh, committed about 130 million dollars in X prizes we're gonna be launching six of them over the next three years wow uh, one of them that's coming out soon is feeding the next billion mm-hmm. so this was a prize that Tony Robbins inspired um, and he's put up a few million dollars to support this and then the Abu Dhabi government's doing another so this is As we create abundance in the world, as we uplift every man, woman, and child, we're going from extreme poverty to poverty, from poverty to middle class, people want higher quality protein. Mm -hmm. They want better food, Uh, but we are already at the brink of not being able to deal with the amount of, of livestock on the planet. So over half of the grains we grow, the food we grow is going to feeding animals. Animals, uh, you know, our livestock occupy one third of the non-ice landmass of planet Earth, and if we want to feed, yes, one third of the non-ice landmass of planet Earth is dedicated to livestock, not humans. If we are a planet of cows, that's crazy. In terms of how many cows are on the planet versus humans on a planet, we're a planet of cows, and um, and so yeah, these are these are obviously, and we're destroying the oceans Mm. by we've we've overfished and decimated the large fish on our on our uh in our planet and so how do you continue that and how do you say no to somebody when you're i'm a vegan right uh i made that switch for health reasons and i like it better and all of that but how do you say no to some kid in tanzania of having a, a steak if your kid is having a steak right so but there's a different way to do this it's again it's the mindset Of going from a scarcity-minded person to an abundance-minded person. Okay, yeah, we have scarcity land, scarcity amount of cows. Great, reinvent it. And so this, the feed the next billion X prize is how do we go from a stem cell to regrow, in this case, tuna and chicken. Yeah. So that we can, in fact, create a a uh, a meal that tastes better, is healthier, Mm -hmm. and cheaper than doing it the old-fashioned way. Yeah. And so that's the
3: vision of this X-Prize. And and for you and for your time, where do you, what, 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 how do you differentiate between which issues are more appropriate for you to create a company around, um, you know, like, like human longevity or cellularity um, and, and what issues are more appropriate for X-Prize or other, you know, means of support? It's a great question. If I'm, you know, an X-Prize
4: is where you're not sure of how you would do it. Uh, there might be a thousand different approaches, right? With the original X Prize for space flight, I thought about how would I build a rocket to go and do it, and uh, I remember Greg Maranek and I came up with like you know thirty different ideas: uh, a rocket uh, sitting on top of an airplane with a first stage, or below an airplane, or towed behind an airplane, or a helicopter first stage, or launched out of the water, or out of off a balloon, and every single approach was 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 experimented with in the competition. Mm-hmm. So, if you're clear about what you want to do and you want to take it from an idea that is well thought out to implementation, a company is a good way to go if you want to if you have a problem you're not sure how to solve mm-hmm. and there's you know a hundred different approaches to it, then an X prize can help bring all of those ideas forward and then by the way, the winner of an X prize is not necessarily the best idea. it's mm-hmm. when they got there first, and the marketplace will eventually determine. Which of these go forward and and prosper?
3: Interesting, and and we have an election coming up. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> well, and, and specifically, I'm not going to ask you about 2020. I, I want to ask you about uh, 59 to 69. You know, in the space race, as I understand it, you know, the government spent a, a, a large percentage of GDP um, to, to the scale that we haven't since on a project like that quarter of a million jobs we went from not breaking the earth's atmosphere to landing a man on the moon i'm curious what are the what are the policies what are the things that you could see us doing you know um from a from a governmental leadership um or from a state leadership like what are the things that could be supportive and helpful that uh that we should be hoping our our political leaders uh take account of
4: yeah i'll i will confess up front that i um i don't depend on the government to solve problems it's it's not fifty nine is what you're saying. It's not. I mean, <laughs> okay. it was a very different world back Got then. It, yeah. um, it was uh, you know we're not going to repeat we're not going to repeat the Apollo program. Mm-hmm. It was the Cold Race, mm. you know the 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 Cold War and the Moon Race. Um, the Soviet mm-hmm. Union had just uh, surprised the hell out of the out of America with the Sputnik and mm-hmm. October fourth, nineteen fifty seven, and then and then once again not only the first satellite, but Yuri Gagarin on April 12th of 1961, the first human to orbit, and we were playing a catch-up game. Mm. And uh, and we committed to going to the moon, and then if you read the detailed account,
3: uh,
4: if Kennedy had not been assassinated, uh, the Apollo program would have probably been canceled. Really? It was his assassination and uh, sort of um, a lot of what was going on, uh, and Johnson kept the Apollo program going. And of course, you know, there's good evidence to show you that when the Apollo program was going on in 1969, landing on the moon through 72, July of 1972 was the Apollo 17, our last landing on the moon. During that time, there was a commission to look at where we go next. Mm-hmm. And um, they had incredible plans for putting a 100, base person, 100 uh, human uh, person base on the moon and going to Mars by the early 1980s. Mm. And of course, once the TV ratings dropped on going to the moon, it's like yawn, we've done that. All the shit was canceled. Wow! And so uh, the idea of depending upon the government to fuel this stuff, um, the government can can kick it off, can start it. It has done that with ARPANET. Uh, it has done that yeah. in a lot of different things,
3: which then became the internet,
4: correct? Which became yeah. the internet. But for me, it is always about how do you create. And for those fellow geeks. An exothermic economic reaction. How do you create something that gives off more money than it consumes? Yeah. Right? How do you build a profitable business? So for me, yeah. the most important thing in anything that I want to do that's sustainable is make it in in individuals' best interests and mm-hmm. make it in in businesses' best interests economically. Yeah. To do that, and so uh, that's where I'm focused. Uh, I'm focused on you know it's it's Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. You know, and then to some degree Richard Branson and Larry Page and you know, the late Paul Allen, who I believe um have are going to open up the space frontier. Yeah. Um yeah. is there is there hyper intelligent life in our galaxy? I, I I think there is. I think that Why I, don't they want to hang out with us? I, I think that the idea that we're the only intelligent life is uh is kind of crazy. Uh, I think that um that what we evolve into next. I mean, I'm, I talk about this in my book, The Future is Faster Than You Think. I, there's a chapter on meta intelligence that, that over the next few decades, mm-hmm. um, not centuries, decades, next 30 yeah. years, we're on the verge of connecting our brains to the cloud. Right? Those of you who are tracking know Neuralink that Elon has, has funded, but there's a dozen other companies mm-hmm. uh, and government programs to connect neocortex of our brain With the cloud, right now, our phones um, have a limited amount of capacity for processing on the phone. If it needs to do something difficult, like analyze an image or a audio file, it sends it to the edge of the cloud, and then the processing work is done there, and the answer comes back. The same thing is going to happen to our brains. Our brains are limited. They have 100 billion neurons, 100 trillion synaptic connections. They're limited bluntly by the size of the birth canal. Mm. You can't build a bigger brain and have your you know, have the mother survive.
3: It's also why we are born early compared to other mammals, right? Exactly. The giraffe just runs and gets its own food and we need years of care and love and maybe 20, 30 years of care. (laughs) Yeah,
4: maybe. And so uh, how do we expand our intelligence, our memory, our capabilities? It's by connecting our brain to the cloud. Mm -hmm. And so this work is going on right now, billions of dollars invested every year. Wow. The end result of it, though, will be that as I connect to the cloud, and I can f- ask a question and know the answer, I can Google by thinking. I mm-hmm. can uh, ultimately have a near infinite memory capacity, increased intelligence a million fold. What does that even mean? I have no idea. But
3: quantum human.
4: But I can, I can connect to the cloud and through the cloud connect to you and know your feelings and yeah. and have a shared sense. So what does this mean? As humans each of us are a collection of 30 trillion human cells. It's not you as an individual, it's you as a collection of 30 trillion human cells. You're a collection, a collaboration of 30 trillion life forms, right? In that sense, I don't take a knife and stab my arm because it's me. And so when I talk about the future of collaboration, of, of love, of oneness, of, of positivity, of hope, uh, if all of a sudden we are connected at such an empathic deep level, your success is my success. Yeah. I so want you to succeed. I feel that way because I love you and care about you, Jeff, as a human and of and of your organization and your and your and your colleagues because of what you stand for in the world. But I don't feel that way about necessarily about a stranger until I get to know them. Mm-hmm. But if at a level of connection that could come, all of a sudden, uh, you know, every human planet on the planet is someone that as they learn, I become smarter. As they achieve I have greater achievement mm-hmm. and and so this meta intelligence for my fellow Trekkies it's the uh, it's the kinder v- gentler version of the Borg mm. right and and so one of the questions is is that the natural course of evolution do we as individual humans ultimately uh, connect with each other at a level that we become conscious at a planetary level mm. and then As we become conscious at that level, will we look out into the universe and see that level of consciousness and connect with that level of consciousness? Is that ultimately God?
3: We need to figure out how to connect to the ecosystem in which we're a part of, not in a theoretical way, but in a meaningful way to feel it. And we're not just talking about technology. We're talking about, you know, really the the Apple's tree, Apple and the earth peoples and We self harm, right? Like we still to get the things that we want and bring ourselves out of poverty. And we 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 to the overarching, you know, living being that is this experience, right? So I I think we do that because we have a scarcity mindset. We believe that for you to have
4: something, I have less. Mm -hmm. That uh, we have a single pie that we slice into thinner and thinner slices, which is bullshit. We have the ability now to bake more pies. Yeah, right. There is no shortage of energy on the world. Do you think that applies?
3: Does that apply to economic theory? Do you think that- that, 100%. I think,
4: first of all, economic theory today is broken. Yeah. It is uh, our economics that people think about from GDP and earning power and all of that makes no sense in the world that we're living in today. And we have the ability to uplift every single human on the planet, every man, woman, and child. And we're heading that way. We're ultimately heading towards a post-capitalist
3: society, but you know, that's a lot of people to take in. And how near future is this? Is this like a decade off? Is this 25 years off? Obviously, I think, we're talking about a variety of things.
4: I think but- we're, we're so let me uh, put a few stakes in the ground. So Ray Kurzweil, who's my co-founder of Singularity University, if you Google his predictions, he's got something like an 84% accuracy rate. His prediction of when we're going to see human-level AI is a decade from now, 2029. Seems likely. Um and if you're off by a few years, that's fine. Uh, his prediction of when we're gonna see brain-computer interface of the type that I'm talking about is mid-2030s, 15 years from now, mm. right? So what's it like when I can think and know anything and have you know massive computational power at my beck and call when I have access to human-level AI? I mean, 15 years from now, I mean, we're, we're 13 years backwards looking from the iPhone. Mm. and think nothing of it. Right, so a lot of change is coming. Yeah. And the whole purpose of my book, The Future is Fast and You Think, just to put in that small plug, is people feel what, fear what they don't understand. And my mission was to give people a, a sense of where things are going so they have less fear and more uh, excitement and certainty and upon which they can start to envision their place, what they want to build, what they want to create, what problems they want to solve.
3: Lean into that more for us as the future is faster than we think and we we now know that all of this stuff is at our fingertips Uh, It's intimidating. What are the what are the industries? What are the spaces that you think are like right now literally today? We walk out the door here I need to get you know myself Educated on like you are personally excited about Where where do we lean into? So let me hit on a few kick Key points number
4: one. I'm clear. We're gonna create more wealth in the next decade than we have in the entire past century, right? Mm. So if you're going, if your game is wealth creation, why are you clear on that? Because of what's coming down the line. What we're seeing with CRISPR and unleashing mm-hmm. biological science
3: yeah. to to
4: cure almost every disease on the planet, uh, we're going to unleash longevity at a level like never before. Adding ten to twenty healthy years. A lot of my mm-hmm. work. There's an entire chapter in my book on longevity and healthcare and how that's going to be reinvented. The largest industries are going to be reinvented. Um, every industry is going to be reinvented. The largest ones, in particular, education and, and healthcare and, and retail and entertainment and advertising, all these things. And it's not going to be the large billion-dollar companies that are running it today that are going to reinvent them. They're stuck in their own paradigm. Mm. And so from an entrepreneurial standpoint, uh, they're going to be reinvented, right? It used to be the studios, the uh, the television networks and the and the. You know Columbia and Paramount and mm. Fox Studios that own entertainment. Now it's now it's Netflix and it's you know you know a thousand a hundred thousand YouTubers mm. out there that are creating this. We're democratizing, demonetizing, and you know all of these. And so for an entrepreneur, massive opportunity. Uh, and these industries ultimately are about making it cheaper, better, and more available to everybody, which uplifts uplifts everybody. So, anybody who's interested, if I could, um, the the URL for the book is uh, www.futurefasterbook.com. And if you pre-order the book, I've got you get a copy of uh, my last two books, Abundance and Bold. It, the three of them together are my Exponential Mindset series. Um, there is, uh, you know, I'm doing a day-long webinar uh, with Ray Kurzweil on all of these industries and Ray Kersweil and Stephen Kotler, my co author, we're looking at every industry and how they're transforming. Mm-hmm. And it's really, I want to give people a view to where these are going. And then I've got a, a digital community, Abundance Digital. You know, abundance.digital is a community, and and you get, um, you know, it's a $750 savings if you want to join that community there. But my mission is giving entrepreneurs a, uh, a confident, positive vision of the future where they get excited about solving problems right and what we talked about before the world's biggest problems are the world's biggest business opportunities want to become Mm -hmm. a billionaire help a billion people this alignment is more possible than ever before
3: thank you peter Uh, and you you, you know you said it best and and uh i often at the end of these podcasts like go back and i take the notes tonight and i'm like well here are the three pull quotes and takeaways (laughs) you speak in these considered Elemental platitudes, in a sense, that are that 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 go far beyond just the words. It's the 20, 30 years you've been thinking about these issues. And I'm I'm at a point in my life and career where I'm all about practical radicals. I don't care about rhetoric. I just care about action. And you really are one of our greatest leaders. Thank um, you. And I know where it comes from, and it's from your heart, and it's for you know, not just yourself, but for everybody around you. And uh, and you've shown us an incredible amount of love and. Just want to thank you for being on the show. It's been thank great.
4: Thank you, Jeff. I'm I'm grateful for all that you do and what this community means. Uh it is it's it is one of the greatest hopes that people are um uh honestly care and they're investing their lives and their capital and their careers into making the world a better place and and that's what gives me the greatest hope of the future.
3: Well, thank you, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks for being on the show. Pleasure. See you soon. Wow, I am fired up and inspired and ready to go right now. Um, Thank you again, Peter. That's Peter Diamandis, founder of XPRIZE, author of the upcoming book, The Future is Faster Than You Think. Peter's truly a mentor. He is one of the most inspirational people I've been exposed to in my decade-long journey with Summit. And he is actually as generous with his time and resources and interests as he comes off uh, of as over the podcast. And uh, all I can say is, is, man, if we can accomplish one one hundredth of the vision that that man has for the world and for humanity, we're all going to be feeling pretty good. Thank you again. Really appreciate you listening. Art of the Hustle. Keep listening. Have a great day.
2: Rachel Zoe here and we're going back to the Rachel Zoe project for a very special takeover on my podcast climbing in heels. Come with me as I take you back to season one to give you all the behind the scenes details and drama. I'll be joined by some special guests that will be helping me share the real stories behind the most iconic moments in the show. So do not miss this special takeover of climbing in heels. It's going to be bananas. Listen to climbing in heels with Rachel Zoe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts.